Hello, and welcome back to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Naomi Kling. And I'm Max Hogan. On this week's show, we'll begin by taking a look at the latest headlines in startup news. Then we'll speak with the Chief Technology Officer of Zapier, a Missouri-founded startup that has years of insights for companies working remotely. After that, we'll take a look at how one Southwest Missouri company has seen a demand in business increase due to the spread of coronavirus. Then we will give you our digits, the numbers that matter in Missouri startup news. All right, Naomi, let's speak startup. so used to just sitting in the studio right next to you recording this podcast, but that's not the case this week. No, I uh, I must admit that it is pretty weird uh, podcasting at home with the at-home tools that, uh, that are available to us. Obviously, a lot of businesses and offices have been closing, so we're trying to be respectful of social distancing and try to keep the uh, coronavirus from spreading and... I know you're in Chicago right now, right? I am. I uh, went home to Chicago. I know I was supposed to go to Mexico on vacation, and I'm trying to cancel my flight, but I got a message from Travelocity Customer Service saying that they will have an agent speak with me in about 20 hours. That long? (laughs) No shade to Travelocity, though. I'm sure you guys are absolutely swamped, but I'm... Lots of changes for a lot of different people. I mean, just podcasting right now, I've got a blanket over my head while I'm talking to you, Max. <laughs> that is a, uh, I bet that's a funny sight to see. It is. You know, we got limited, limited equipment at home, but we're doing, doing the best we can. Well, speaking of all those businesses and other entities closing, let's get into our headlines of the week, Naomi. Agreed. Let's get to it. The Small Business Administration has issued relaxed criteria for businesses seeking economic injury disaster loans. According to the administration, the goal is to provide a faster and easier qualification process and expand access to disaster assistance. SBA's economic injury disaster loans offer up to $2 million to each affected business. These loans can help pay fixed debts, payroll, accounts payable, and other bills that can't be paid because of the novel coronavirus pandemic. Representatives from Opportunity Hub said they are likely to lose more than $1 million from the cancellation of the South by Southwest Festival in Austin, Texas. Opportunity Hub is an Atlanta-based organization that ran a startup accelerator in Kansas City this year to support Black and Hispanic entrepreneurs. The Accelerator's Kansas City cohort was supposed to attend the Austin event. An event in Kansas City was scheduled for later this month to celebrate the local groups, but it is unclear if it will still be held. The COVID-19 pandemic is causing a surge in demand for some startups. Kansas City-based Doppler is a government technology startup with a platform designed to streamline the response process for utilities. As a novel coronavirus forces municipalities to look for new options in an increasingly remote environment, many are looking to Doppler as a long-term solution. So far, about a dozen municipalities have reached out to Doppler for advice. Bottle is offering free access to its education technology platform, as its user base practically doubled overnight with the rise of COVID-19. 
The Kansas City-based startup provides a platform intended for classrooms where students can learn and be entertained. One of the company's founders said hundreds of new educators and parents have signed up for Bottle, and the startup is now working to provide a more home-friendly version of its platform. doing right now max uh well we are podcasting yes but where from i guess remotely yep a whole lot of companies are transitioning to remote work right now but it's not always the smoothest transition you honestly think it would be easier just to start out remotely in the first place right naomi well that's exactly what the company zapier did Three University of Missouri grads, Wade Foster, Brian Helmig, and Mike Knoop, started the company without an office more than eight years ago, and they continue to work remotely with employees around the world. Do they have any advice for these other companies that are now trying to work remotely? They actually held an AMA giving advice about how to transition to remote work in a hurry, and I spoke with Brian Helmig about how the company is trying to help during the pandemic. Thank you, Brian Helmig. He is the Chief Technology Officer at Zapier, which is a remote company. Thank you, Brian, for joining us today. Of course, no problem. So first, can you explain like what services your company provides? Sure, yeah. Uh, so Zapier is a kind of workflow automation uh, system. Uh, we're a product for small and medium businesses to uh, integrate different services that they use online. So if you can imagine, uh, triggering off of a new lead coming in and sending that to your CRM or sending a Slack mm -hmm. message, or you can kind of mix and match all these things so that you can uh, kind of get work done and automate uh, some of your business processes. So a big reason that we wanted to interview you, obviously, is because your company works remotely. Can you talk a bit about how you decided to all work remotely and how that came together? Yeah, so we all started in uh, Columbia, Missouri. Um, we were all going to uh, University of Missouri. As we started working on this as kind of a nights and weekends side hustle sort of a thing, working on Zapier, uh, we just worked from our own places. We didn't have an office, right? You don't get an office for kind of a, a nights and weekends sort of a thing. So that was always just sort of the default of how uh, we work together. And as it grew, we really, made that the heart and soul of how we operate. Um, so, you know, all of our work was done online, right? We used tools like GitHub or uh, G Suite uh, and then eventually Slack. And all these tools were just kind of part of our everyday. Uh, and really that was kind of the, the foundation from which we built, uh, you know, the remote, cult, remote culture uh, that we have today. So it really started from a place of necessity um, where we didn't have an office, and I'm sure some folks are finding themselves in a similar situation uh, <laughs> nowadays where the office is not an option. So we just always baked it in from the beginning, and we learned a lot on the way um, on how to kind of build an efficient and well-working uh, kind of remote culture. Can you just talk to me about some of the big benefits of working remotely? Yeah, I mean, for us, there's a couple things. Uh, number one, uh, and something we've certainly benefited from is just we could hire the greatest 
uh, folks uh, in the world. Uh, we don't have to convince people to move uh, to the Bay Area or, you know, some metro uh, area. You know, we have a handful of folks that work in Columbia, Missouri that we knew. Um, and in fact, was a big reason why we started remote uh, is because we really trusted those folks and we wanted to work with them. Um, so we uh, created this kind of remote culture to uh, be inclusive of that. But we have tons of folks um, across the United States in small cities, big cities, uh, you know, people uh, in different countries. Um, so uh, that's one of the big uh, benefits. And then when it comes to like work-life balance, it's something great for uh, the folks who are working uh, remote. You don't have to commute mm -hmm. and it's so easy to burn, you know, hours and hours of time uh, every week. That's time you can recoup and spend with your family and doing something you love to mm -hmm. do. Um, rather than sitting in the car. So those are all like huge benefits uh, to working remote. And for us, it's just a better way to work. Like I'm a, I'm a software engineer. I write a lot of code and a noisy office is distracting. Like it's nice to have put on my headphones, uh, close the door and be completely uh, heads down on the thing that I want to focus on. And I think a lot of folks at Zapier feel that as well. It allows them to do their best work because it's not distracting. I was reading some of the insights on your AMA that you had um, and about working remotely. And one of the insights was when you're working and in Slack and you're communicating with your colleagues to not be afraid to have fun in these group chats and to have fun just like being with right. people. Um, and so uh, what other insights and advice that you would have for companies trying to work remotely? Yeah, I mean, we call that kind of our virtual water cooler, right? Where people just mm -hmm. spin up fun channels. So we have everything from fun cooking to house plants and fun dogs and fun cats. And <laughs> we do this thing, we use this tool called Donut, uh, which does, which lets you do pair buddies. So every week it randomly okay. assigns you uh, to someone uh, on the team and you just grab 30 minutes together. It's like grabbing a coffee together. And yeah, you just talk about whatever. So, and I guess the other thing that has been unique about us is we're, we're, we're very customer oriented, right? So we've been doing this thing since the early days called all hand support, where everyone on the team uh, talks to customers and helps customers in some facet. And that really brings the voice of the customer inside. So we know what we're trying to build for them and we have empathy for the problems that they have. But it also is a way that uh, people kind of bond. So they spend time together working with customers and develop these insights uh, together. Now with the coronavirus pandemic, a lot of companies have been transitioning to work remotely, at least temporarily. Mm -hmm. um, have you had a lot of people contacting your company for advice or for kind of information on how to do this? Yeah, I think there's a, well, certainly there's a lot of people who are moving to remote now. Um, so I think you're seeing a lot of surge in some of the tools that are necessary for that. Um, so it's good to have a couple uh, tools in line uh, and a couple backups. So whenever they feel this load uh, and sometimes services will go down, we use Slack a lot, um, but every now and then if Slack has some sort of an outage, um, we'll fall back to uh, tools like Quip, which have like a built-in chat is kind of our backup. Mm -hmm. So we have a couple things like that. And it's pretty, it's pretty smart to have those sorts of uh, backup, backup systems for some of the tools that you rely on. The, the transition part, I think, would be, is going to be a little bit painful, but it, it's certainly not impossible. 
Um, mm -hmm. And I know a lot of folks are doing just kind of the best they can. So this is a little unprecedented um, and maybe, you know, if there's any sort of a silver lining, I think this could be really great for workers who, you know, uh, have a new mode of working and uh, employers that have a new mode of interacting uh, with their employees and kind of open up uh, opportunities to more and more folks as a result could be pretty exciting. But uh, the circumstances are certainly um, not ideal. And I think everybody's uh, on their heels trying to figure out how to work through it. So we do have a remote book uh, that's available. Um, it's pretty extensive. It kind of outlines how we've been doing uh, remote uh, for years at Zapier. Um, so that's something that I would really recommend folks check out. But definitely, I would recommend uh, people check out either our Twitter or go to our blog and subscribe because uh, we'll be doing more uh, along sharing some of our remote uh, insight over the next coming weeks. I, I suspect this will be something that uh, we deal with for you know weeks, uh, you know, as a time frame at minimum. Um, and so it's something that we'd like to, you know, do our part best we can uh, to share what little bit you know we know about uh, remote work. Thank you, Brian, for speaking with us on Speaking Startup. No problem. Thank you. All right, Naomi. Now I want to switch things up. Let's do it. With the coronavirus heightening awareness of hygiene, one company based in the Springfield area is doing its part to stop the spread of the virus. Steppenpole, a company that manufactures foot-operated door openers, has seen demand for its product skyrocket in the past couple of weeks. Okay, I think I have the idea of it, but explain to me how this product works. Well, Steppenpole is exactly what it sounds like. It is an attachment on a latchless door that you simply step onto to open the door. Meaning when you don't want to touch the handle after leaving a room or entering a room, you no longer have to touch it. It sounds like they must be getting a lot of business recently with everything going on. They are. I was able to phone up Mike Sewell, inventor and president of Steppenpole, to talk about the company's booming sales in the past couple of weeks. So we welcome on Mike Sewell, uh, president of KRM Innovations Incorporated. Mike, thanks for joining with us. Yeah, thanks for having me today. So I want to talk about Steppenpole specifically. I know that you guys' demand has increased due to the coronavirus. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, through the years, we've had steady growth. The first three or four years were pretty flat on sales, not a lot of growth, and then slowly started to climb. And 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 we've seen um, you know nice increases year over year for the last five years. And with when this virus um, hit the U.S. specifically. The last week of February, we saw really incredible growth. We were we were shocked because we've we've been around since the swine flu and even some others, um, uh, you know, crisis like this. And we would see an uptick in sales, so we expected to see an increase. But you know, we were we were shocked at the end of February when the sales jumped, and then the first week in March uh, was even more and the second week in march was many times more than that so truly exponential growth that we've seen as uh, you know our, our brand is out there and, and obviously the awareness is there of the product and um the the need to go hands-free or touchless 
is on and you know at the front of everyone's mind right now and we're just we fit right into that for a way to help mitigate cross contamination so how how are you keeping up with uh, the demand for products currently it's been a sharp learning curve for us because our production our sales are about 50 times uh what we had been seeing and you know our production we currently manufacture in the U.S. and, and uh, we, we have a constant supply um, relationship with our manufacturers. So we had a steady flow of product. Well, uh, within the first week, we, you know, we told our manufacturer we had to step up and, um, and they did. And then we said, this is not enough. We have to get more. And they started doing a 24 hour shift for us. And that, that wasn't enough. And we had to bring on a second manufacturer in, in Missouri and Joplin. And, um, to the point where we can meet the demand and actually get caught up with the orders that we have pending right now. So we're, we're constantly producing every day. It's just uh, really just starting at the end of this week now. We're, we're wrapped up to the point where we're at a pretty solid pace with the, the sales demand. So you mentioned the exponential growth that you've seen, and obviously challenges come with that. Uh, can you kind of kind of focus in on those challenges and what challenges in particular are you guys facing? Well, when it, when it goes sharply up, you know, in sales, I mean, you, you quickly find your inefficiencies in your processes, things that maybe were nuisances in the past, but you just put up with it. Maybe the way you handle your PO processing or your shipments, eh, you know, it takes a little longer. We know there's a better way to do it, but you know, it's not a problem. We'll just deal with it. They're glaring problems when when you're trying to crank out orders at the rate that we are. So we have uh, we we brought on some additional staff and um, to help answer emails. That's become a, an all day task, eight hours a day, just answering questions and um, taking care of um, you know not just domestically but internationally the interest that's there. So uh, that that's been a change. We've needed we needed that. And, you know, again, with production, that was the biggest concern was having to scramble and find somebody that could meet the demand that we needed, especially through just one manufacturer, an additional single manufacturer and not have to go to multiple. We were able to find somebody with the capacity to to help us meet um, the demand. So between the two, we can do that now. And then you also said that earlier in the interview, you also said that uh, the increase in the exponential growth you think is directly related to the coronavirus? Yes, it is. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And in fact, I've told several people over the last few weeks and that I, I think culturally we may, we may see a change because of this. This is such a dramatic thing, uh, unprecedented in, in the U.S. What we're seeing, the measures, the schools being shut, and the focus on cross-contamination and this social distancing I think that having the option to pull a door open with your foot instead of touching the handle is going to become the norm, whether it's a restroom door or, you know, even an entrance to a business. My wife and I went to get coffee this last weekend and, you know, I I can't say that I'm really a germaphobe, but with, with the virus, I'm looking at that door handle as I'm going into this coffee shop and I'm like, you know, it'd be great just to have a step and pull here. I wouldn't have to even touch that door. So there are so many applications. Uh, we had a customer that that um, 
bought, he was a CEO of a company. He called us and he ordered several hundred for his facilities. And he was going uh, to actually install them on the conference room doors. So interior doors in the office, not just the bathroom, but, um, you know, other doors, passage doors, conference room doors, just anywhere that you can eliminate a touch point. So, Mike, I wanted to thank you for taking some time out of your day to, to talk to me. I'm sure that you're, you're a busy guy now. Yes, it's been very busy, but thanks for, for your time as well and having us on. It's, it's, uh, it's been really, really nice to speak with you today. Thank you for that. All right, Max, you know what it's time for. It's time for us to give our digits, the numbers that matter in Missouri startup news. My digit this week is $12 million. I'm going to say that's $12 million? Yes, $12 million. That's the total of how much Five Elms Capital, a venture capital in Kansas City, has invested in RFP360, a company that makes software design to help with requests for proposal processes. RFP360 plans on using the funds to support ongoing expansion of its product, along with additions to its sales and marketing team. What is your digit, Naomi? Well, my digit topples yours by $24 million. <laughs> so that makes your digit $36 million? Yep, $36 million is the amount Fulcrum Global Capital raised from early-stage investors in agriculture, animal health, and agricultural technology. Fulcrum Global Capital has four investments in its portfolio already, including two companies from St. Louis, Covercress and NanoGuard Technologies. Fulcrum Global was founded by Kevin Lockett, the former Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver. All right, Naomi, well, that's just about a wrap. But before we get out of here, we need a closing thought. This week, I have one from Brian Helmig, the Zapier co-founder who I spoke with. He talks about a piece of advice he discounted at first, but grew to appreciate. It's the importance of hiring. I remember hearing lots of advice from you know folks who have been uh, through this, who harped on hiring over and over and over again. And I, came, I kept thinking, well, what about you know building the product? What about customers? Like all that. And it didn't take long until I started hiring to realize like, oh, wow, this is how you, uh, you know, build a, a company that uh, can, you know, do more than just, you know, a zero sum kind of additive sort of thing. It's the, the people that you have uh, inside the organization. So really, really think through those first couple hires um, if you're starting a business, because that will, you know, set the tone of your company for years and years to come uh, and can really make or break. So Hire people you know, hire people you trust, uh, and people that you know are really great. And that's all for this week. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Naomi Kling and me, Max Hogan. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. We'll speak to you next time. Mm-hmm.